At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello, welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name's Jamie. My name's Caitlin. And this is our podcast. About the portrayal of women in movies. That's right. And how it's usually not good. That's right. But sometimes it is sometimes. good, better than you think. Right. I'm trying um, to stay positive But those today. are the outliers. I'm negative Nancy over here still. Wow. Fun dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, feel- I'm feeling good today. It's very hot, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you just came from Universal Studios. I did. I have a friend in town, and I had to occupy her for a finite number of hours. Mm-hmm. Had some passes to Universal. It worked out perfect so we went on a bunch of did you go to the mummy ride did we go to the mummy (laughs) ride it's the best ride yes we did go to the mummy ride went on the harry potter ride Mm -hmm. went on the simpsons ride did did the whole bit you know like reached that point where it's like we've been friends for so long that we got into like a small silent argument in the middle of the day and then it just passed Mm. in the way that it does with old friends and then we went on the harry potter ride again (laughs) and now i'm here so pretty good day great awesome I sat in my bed for several hours. Amazing. <laughs> also a good day. Yeah. So our podcast is inspired by the Bechtel test. It's a test that requires that two characters in a movie are women. They have mm-hmm. names. Mm-hmm. They talk to each other and their conversation. It can be about anything besides a man. Created by Alison Bechtel. Been around for a long time. We just use it as a yardstick for a larger discussion. Mm-hmm. That was concise. That was that was a really good one. Good for good us. Good for us. Good for us. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's introduce our guest. Yay! You've seen her on At Midnight. You've sure seen have. her win At Midnight sure several have. times. She's a hilarious comedian, Marcella Arguello. Oh my God! Thank you so much. Hi. Hold the applause. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me. Thanks for Thank coming. You. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm excited. So we're talking about V for Vendetta, my favorite movie. Okay, tell of uh, all time. I think so. Wow, cool. Yeah. All right. When favorite. did you first see it? 
That I can't answer. I don't know. I'm, I don't know when I first saw it. I just remember loving it and okay. loving it more and then watching it again and loving it more. And this is coming from a person who hates movies. Yeah. I hate <laughs> movies. And I don't know. I don't know what did it. I mean, I guess I could guess. But I remember at the beginning, I was like, I don't know. What is it? Why do I keep watching this movie over and over and over again when I loved it? Okay. Um, it used to be I would watch it every 5th of November. Because I was like, I'm watching this every year. I might as well kind of like save it. Right. the 5th of November yeah. and then my dad's funeral was on the 5th of November and then I stopped watching it uh-huh. I stopped watching it for a few years and then I just recently got back into watching it again yeah I don't mm-hmm. I can't associate the no- November 5th with I can associate it with two things and be fine with it sure right and actually that might have been the first November 5th I missed it for the, for that exact reason and it's weird because I don't even know how I landed on it yeah because like I said I don't like a lot of movies I don't like watching a lot of movies but I really, I like this one. And this is one of those movies, too. Like, I feel like even by looking at the poster, you're like, oh, this movie's pretty long. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it looks like, oh, this is, this... we're going to have to strap in and do some thinking on yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. All right. Am this I is ready? It's going to be a lecture. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's going to be some philosophical yes. something or other. So there's going to be a lot of domino visual. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the movie. I'm like, oh, he just had this. He just had this around. Of course he did. Yeah. He had everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did so his wealth props. come from? He's a real well, he was a thief. He stole a bunch of stuff, but he also was able to somehow afford that giant house shadow gallery that he lived in. This is what I kind of like about like graphic novel adaptations too, or like it's even more so than film. I feel like such a visual symbolic medium that when it's adapted to film, like probably in the graphic novel, it looks super cool and normal to be like, oh, he just has these dominoes. But in (laughs) the movie, you're just like, wait, he just has those dominoes? Like, it's still super cool, but I was, like, taken out of it for a second of, like, who set those up? Like, he lives alone. (laughs) Does he reset those? He doesn't use the internet. No. That's another thing. This takes place in 2027, and no one seems to have phones, Phones. and there's, like, (laughs) chunky desktops, which I also love. I love, I love, like, futuristic movies for that reason of, like, why do they have... You know, personalized doorknobs, but no one has a cell phone. The video that he, like, makes everyone watch when he's like, in a year from now, I'm going to blow up a fucking building. Yeah. It's on, like, a a little mini CD. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that technology... I used to love those mini CDs, though, because you could like you could get them at Staples. And I would I remember I would make my friends mix CDs, but you could only fit like three or four songs on it. It was (laughs) had to be really concise mix. Yeah. And he had a concise mix. He did. Well, and to your point about the future and they didn't have any cell phones, but their government was controlling them. So they would have cell phones. They still had so it was just like all in theory, all the information's routed to them via TV. And that's Mm -hmm. their only source. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that would cut down on their ability to communicate with each Listen, other. Listen, if you try to make fun of this movie, I'm going to knock you down. <laughs> That's why we do this. I know. It's great. I love this movie. The dominoes, though. The uh, dominoes, really. I, like, rewound it again just to be like, where did these, what? Well, the poor They're, art department who had to, like, had oh to my, set that's that all up, like, like the Every time I PA. see that, that's what I think about. <laughs> Especially now that I, I'm work, <laughs> I I've worked in that. this industry. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, how many times did they have to do that? That fucking right? sucks. I hope there was a shot that they did where the dominoes went perfectly, and they're like, oh, my God. The camera wasn't on. We're so sorry. <laughs> Battery was out. We're so sorry. It looked amazing. Please reset all 4,000 dominoes. Oh, my God. That's that's all. That's the only thing I think of now when I yeah. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a it's like a visually beautiful yeah, it's cool. movie. Mm-hmm. There's, it's so, there's so much cool shit going on. And the graphic novel is really dark. 
So you've read it. Yeah, I, okay. I've read it. And it's obviously longer. And I'm, I'm not one of those like, the book is better than the movie. Because I, I didn't read the book before I, I watched the movie. Right. So for me, I'm just Same, like, it's yeah. different. It's just a little different. Yeah. But I like because it's darker, which is where the element of, of that like darkness. And it's always kind of just there's just so there's so many elements of darkness i have you've said it five times now <laughs> darkness um it's a uh, same author as uh watchmen mm-hmm. uh, alan moore which i didn't enjoy i did not enjoy that movie no. i liked the book i mean there's similar books like thematically it's very dark very they, he's a he's a head scratcher that alan moore <laughs> he's also got a big old head of hair i got his wikipedia oh. page he is uh He's a wanderer. You could tell he, mm-hmm. he's walking the streets at night. He's getting inspired. Yeah. He's you know, with his hands in pockets, very film noir. I was um, trying to figure out more about what his deal is. So he would not put his name on this movie. I read that, yeah. I think, And wouldn't take royalties either because I think he's just like, I don't know, old, older, old weird, punk rock kind of yeah. dude. I, I yeah. read something to the effect that he was dissatisfied with other film adaptations of his works. Mm. Was, he, was Watchmen before this or after? After, but after. he was referring to, he was not satisfied with the adaptations of From Hell or our League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So mm, he's just like, those. I'm not going to watch me for Vendetta and fuck all you guys. And that was probably the best one. Yeah, I probably. think so. Yeah. Or um, that's the one you, you hear most about. Yeah. Or like people still watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are still inspired by it. Which brings me to my history with this movie. Hey. I saw it in the theater, I think multiple times. And I was obsessed with it for yeah. a while. I was so obsessed with it. I wanted to get a tattoo oh, of the wow. V symbol. Wow. I never did, but I was like, Thank God. maybe I should get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, right, because I would very, very much tattoo. regret it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, maybe my first tattoo will be of the V symbol. Yeah, I just, I loved it. I saw it so many times. Mm-hmm. But um, I hadn't seen it in quite a few years before I rewatched it for this. And I have a bit of a different take on it. Oh, yeah? I still like it, and I was still very moved by it. I cried like three different times. Oh, that's and interesting. I was just like, but watching it through, watching it through the Bechtel lens, mm. you have a little different of a perspective on it. I can understand that. Yeah, I saw this movie. I want to say I saw it like late high school or something like that, and then I remember right before I went to college, someone gave me a V for Vendetta poster. And I and I like I didn't super remember the movie very well, but I liked what that projected. I was like, oh, <laughs> it would be cool if someone walked in my room and saw a V for Vendetta poster. So I remember my whole freshman year of college, I had a V for Vendetta poster, and I was just constantly in fear someone was going to ask me a follow up question. <laughs> <laughs> I like would be like, uh, I don't, uh, what is it about? Because <laughs> I would wake up next to it every day and be like, man, I like what this says about me. I feel like it says I'm cool. Right. But I was. I liked the movie, but I had only seen it once, and then maybe I think I've seen it maybe three times total now. I watched it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to discuss it. But first, I'll do the recap. 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 So V for Vendetta is set in the UK in sort of like a police state. um, Neo-fascist. Neo-fascist regime. We meet Evie Hammond, the young woman, and we meet V sort of like a radical vigilante guy who is trying to ignite a revolution. Mm-hmm. And they cross paths on his way to blowing up the Old Bailey, this like monument uh, He's in He's basically London. like a highly politicized Phantom of the Opera. Like yeah. that's like his <laughs> jam. That's accurate. Yeah. Right. 
He wears a mask. You never see him take off his mask in the entire movie. And Unlike Gerard Butler in Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they cross paths, and he ends up having to save her from fingermen, these like cops who are trying to rape her. Ironically, yeah, men who like want to finger her. Mm-hmm. Um, what a scary scene, like right at yeah. the... Oh, it's that, that's... I had forgotten about that scene. That was hard yeah, to watch. It really was. Yeah. And then, so she sort of becomes embroiled in his plot. He wants to blow up the Houses of Parliament, inspired by Guy Fawkes, mm-hmm. who tried to do the same thing in 1605. But you find out, you learn over the course of the movie, that he has this vendetta. Whoa, that's the name of the movie. He's trying to seek revenge on different members who rose to power who had wronged him. He was basically imprisoned in this facility, was tested on. They were like trying to develop biological warfare viruses that they could that they did unleash on the population. Like a hundred thousand people or something like this. Who died, yeah. yeah. The government in their sort of authoritarian style covered it all up and they're like, it was actually uh, these religious extremists, but it was actually the government who did this. So He's basically trying to uncover all these secrets and kill all the people who wronged him. And then he wants to blow up the building because the building is a symbol and that's going to ignite a revolution that he wants. So he's like, in a year, I'm going to blow up this building. And everyone's like, oh, my God. okay." And then I love it. Like, it is like, oh, just count down to domestic terrorism from moment one of the movie. You're like, yeah, cool. So he has to basically capture and imprison Evie. Because she gets of the opera. <laughs> this whole like recurring theme of I'm gonna kidnap this woman and re-educate her to think exactly like me. There's a lot of parallels between, and then like kind of a, I guess like not as much Beauty and the Beast for me. It's just like a weird like I'm taking this woman who speaks to me for whatever reason, and that's open to interpretation. And I'm gonna you know kind of just get her to think like me and agree with me on things, and then. You know, I I don't know. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know what you mean. Oh, I mean, that's what this movie is about. Although you could argue differently, right. but like, yeah, rewatching, I was like, oh, oh man. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, it's. Qu- I mean, I'm sort of all over the place with this recap because it's a hard movie to summarize. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So there's also this Chief Inspector Finch who is trying to uncover the identity of V, and he's also after Evie Hammond because everyone thinks she's like this accomplice, which she he's ends real- up being. He's a real grumbly powder. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's pouting all. He's like, hey, what's going on over here? Who can I trust? Yeah. And then this whole sort of conspiracy gets uncovered where V was at this detention center at Lark Hill. This virus had been tested on him and they were able to use something about like the antibodies in his blood to develop a cure for the virus that then they then unleash on the population for Chancellor Sutler to gain political power and then make a bunch of people rich in the, in this party, this political party. Right. So a lot of details, a lot going on. And then so in the end, V gets his like last revenge on Chancellor Sutler and his like right hand goonie guy, Creedy. And then V kills them both. And then Evie's like, I guess now I have to fucking destroy the fucking Big Ben building. And then she does, and then everyone's like, wow, a revolution. Yeah, and the grumbly powder guy is there, too. <laughs> and and she's like, I'm going to blow up the building. And he's kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I like that part where he's like, you know what? He's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to just Well, they end up together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you see yeah. like a flash yeah. forward. Where that's he sees like the future, and they're mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's the moment that they 
right that it happens mm. Mm. what a little what a cute me cute <laughs> it's a real it's a real rom-com me cute better than tinder that's for sure that's <laughs> i can't wait to meet my next boyfriend honestly on the eve of a revolution that's a high stakes meet cute and i'm into it <laughs> what a good story like oh yeah before we blew up parliament we're like maybe there's something here yeah question and and this may have just genuinely been like i was not paying close enough attention um were there people in the parliament building were we killing people i feel like they had a year's notice to like call in to work that day right yeah Um, i don't know it didn't seem like there was or i think we would have seen it okay that makes me feel a little but i mean i I would assume it would strictly be employees so why would it be working in the middle of the night that's true okay yeah because it was at midnight when this happened I was just, so when I, I was watching imagine. that, I was just like, I, I just hope. Yeah, I don't think. I'm all for symbolism. I just don't want anyone to get hurt. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think people were in the building. If there were, I feel like we would have seen it. Right. I don't think anyone was killed when he blew up the Bailey yeah, I don't monument think either. Okay. That he did, been he killed a lot of people, but right, right. but it would have been reported. Or would it have been because the government is established well, in it the movie Well, that it would have been discussed in the movie, not necessarily told sure, or sure, informed sure. right yeah. we would know we would know we would know yeah so that's the story and i kind of want to go through the story in a different way but as it relates to the treatment of women so i have a, some like major oh, plot points okay so one of the first things that happens is that evie goes outside past this like government curfew mm-hmm. and almost gets raped by policemen the government yeah right and then she has to be saved by a man, and this is when she meets V. So we see the trope of a of a man having to save a woman because she's in a dangerous situation. Well, there there is something to be said about, especially what's going on in the news right now with the Harvey Weinstein's and all these motherfuckers that are sexually assaulting and raping women. I mean, we do need men to stand beside us. Oh, sure. So in that way, I do like that he does save her because he knows it's the right thing to do, and he almost makes her feel like I'm not going to do this to you because that's not right. Mm-hmm. There are people, there are men and women that can exist side by side and a woman does not have to feel like she's going to be raped by a man. Cause there's plenty of guy friends of mine that I feel that way. I feel safe with them and we have to feel safe with men in order to coexist. Right. Right. So I actually like that. I, didn't, I honestly didn't mind it either. I, I was more calling out that that is a trope that we see over and over again, but it never bothered me with, with this movie when I saw it. Well, also, we we I, I mean, how often do we see a woman about to get raped and then the dude immediately kills those dudes because he's like, fuck you. Yeah. How fucking dare you try there's, to rape this girl? Like, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? like, there's rarely immediate consequence, right. which is, like, nice to see. It, it is. Yeah. And, and it's also... It's just nice that he just is like, oh, you're going to rape her? I'm going to kill you. Like, that's mm-hmm. not... We, why are you doing this? And he doesn't know her. He doesn't need to know her. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I really do love that. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, always, like, a, a little bit... Like, the second I... You know, if, if a woman's being, like, rescued at the very top of a movie, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. But what I, I really do like about that scene is that the conversation that takes place afterwards where it's not implied in any way that she owes him something. Yeah, Where sure. he, like, asks her to mm-hmm. hang. Right. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. She agrees. That's okay. Like, I, you know, where it's like, okay, we've seen, you know, at the top of the movie, the man saves the woman, but then I feel like it's very often implied, and now she is... Indebted to indebted him. Indebted to him, and it will spend a lot of time in the movie trying to, you know, repay him, and, and that was never implied in mm-hmm. their relationship. It was also, the, like, the first time the spark in his eye for her started because he did the whole V, 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 V in his monologue. Right. 
and then what's <laughs> what her name? Yeah. And what's her name? Evie. And he says, of course it is. Of course it is. Evie. I, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I love it. Well, because his whole theme is there are no coincidences, you know? Right, right. Everything is supposed Only to be. the illusion of coincidence. Yeah. It's, it's linear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like that she has, she's just like, this, who is this fucking psychopath? Yeah. And he was just like, oh, no, this is meant to be. This is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And Question. That, oh, sorry. Do you think that he workshopped that speech? Do you think he took it to open mics? 100%. Do you think he practiced yeah. it? He practiced 100%. it. <laughs> he <laughs> he practiced so everything. Yeah. He was so ready for that moment. Like, <laughs> And that's another fun like adaptation trope where it's like, that's such a, like, you know, such a like poetic, like yeah. every word in the dictionary that begins with V. He's like, violin, <laughs> viola. V- <laughs> vermin like you know he went through there's a lot of words he crossed out probably in the pursuit of he was like well when I meet a girl that I like I'm gonna be so ready with this that's G-speech. not even it he was just like when someone is worth talking to I'm gonna be able to unleash this mm. he's got I've got a tight three minute yeah. speech <laughs> and he got and he's been practicing it the way he practices his yeah. um what is it sword fighting, sword fighting. Little, yeah. which I thought was very adorable it was charming watching that i was like you know what he's weird he's weird he likes to have fun he's still he's still childlike yeah the best people are still childlike (laughs) and also i feel like just a general this isn't even like a super gendered trope but like just you see like very isolated lonely characters you don't very often see just weird shit that they do like you know when you're alone a lot and i can speak from personal experience Mm -hmm. you do weird shit and and like when someone's around you're like oh wait sorry that's weird like i really enjoyed because then when she walks in on him he's so embarrassed yeah he's like right oh god (laughs) it would have been so easy for him to be like and here's five more words that begin with v yeah (laughs) yeah, exactly but he's sort of like oh sorry it's my favorite movie and uh do you want to watch it (laughs) like it's super cute and then he recites the lines as he's watching it oh which is something i am so guilty of i was very charitable yeah i was very you find your own tree yeah (laughs) yeah i thought that that was uh, he even changed his voice to say the line that's what was also cute Mm. yeah yeah i was very charmed by that scene i watched it twice (laughs) it was cute it's a good scene back to the like him saving her thing i wasn't bothered by it as much because then you see her save him later on yes with what's that character's name dominic one of the detectives is about to shoot him when they're in the BTN building and Evie taps him on the shoulder and then maces him, allowing V to get away. So right. she sort of returns. I mean, that's what I always liked and he always knew is there were equals. Mm-hmm. That's what I always liked about their romance is as soon as he met her and found out her name was Evie, he was like, oh, fuck, yeah. She's mm-hmm. it. She's mm-hmm. my equal. And not like, she's the bitch I'm gonna fuck. She's my equal. Yeah. And right. that's why, you know, she she saves his life. Because he saved hers, and it's like, that's what you do. You pay, you pay a motherfucker back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so the next thing that happens, and again, I'm just sort of like, I know, like, the movie is more nuanced than this. There's a lot more to take into consideration, but I'm sort of just boiling down, yeah, like, yeah. very basic plot points. Sure. So the next thing that happens, so she goes with him to this, quote-unquote, concert. The building explodes, and it's mm. clear that V had something to do with it. So the next day at work... She works she, at, like, a BBC-adjacent right. yeah. something. But it's, like, like a government-controlled... Gover- TV network. It's fake news. Fake, yeah. it's fake news. <laughs> Very fake news. I love, just really quick, I love the, I forget what his title was, but like the guy's TV shower. Oh my God. Which is like, what a, like again, just fun, futuristic <laughs> production design that's like, who is this for? <laughs> like, I have 45 TVs that show the same channel in my shower. <laughs> 
Yeah, but an egomaniac would, right? Yeah, you know? that was that was like such a, and he would just turn around and be four more TVs. Yeah, it was great. Oh, that Loved scene it. was a little crazy to me because so Evie's job is you can sort of assume is like a PA because someone asks her to get like coffee, right? Yeah, but then she also somehow has the clearance to access that dude's like private office yeah, and bathroom. That was wild because V uses her ID to like scan himself oh, yeah. into that, and yeah. it's like she would not have that clearance. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's but funny. It's fine. We'll ignore that. Yeah. I was also going to say, and I don't know if you ladies feel this, but it's it's definitely different to watch in the Trump era. Yeah. Watching this this is actually a crazy movie to watch right now, yeah. especially because I feel that this sort of like authoritarian government already sort of is happening or could like get much worse right. like in this movie any day. And that was the thing. I think when I first watched it, when I was younger, I was like, this is possible. I remember thinking that this is mm-hmm. something that could happen if people don't speak up if they don't because when I was I guess that's the other thing is when I was younger when I was in my early 20s I used to be so much more politically active I would march with my with my friends my my friend she used to organize marches and protests and now she's a civil rights lawyer and I used to march with her and we would do all this shit and I remember like watching this movie and being like this is what could happen if we don't do anything Mm -hmm. and then now we're like in it so it's interesting to watch because people are now becoming informed I think through Trump so I guess it's it's like guys we got to avoid this shit right here. This yeah. is the shit we're trying to avoid, you know. Yeah. It's it didn't feel as, you know, alternative future as it should it, you, have. As it used to. Yeah. yeah. Like in 05 when it came out like, you know, it feels like a possibility but there weren't quite as many direct parallels you right. could make with that current, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah, it is a very bizarre movie to watch even just like with the way that the government treats its people where at that felt I remember I mean I remember like when I first saw it felt way more cartoony than it does now and just yeah Mm -hmm. just waiting for that curfew to roll in Mm -hmm. I mean for me it didn't feel cartoony in the past because my parents came from a third world government like I've been informed about this shit so for me it was always like this could happen Mm -hmm. so for me it was always this could happen this could happen now watching it is like oh this is happening you know yeah and like, like going back the fake news like that's what's happening. It's so weird to watch in a movie in a theatrical sense because you're like, this is how these conversations are happening uh-huh. within our own government right now. Not that it wasn't the same in the past. I'm sure the government and the news were always working a little bit side by side. But now it's like they're enemies because they're not all working together with yeah. the government. And so it's like right. it's being exposed. It's uh-huh. so weird. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I feel like Trump <laughs> is like taking down that fourth wall, you know. Yeah, and trying to build up another one between here and Mexico. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. I'm here for the jokes. Anyway, so the next thing that happens, he comes to the TV network. He plays his message to all the people. She, on the little tiny CD. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the yeah, tiny yeah. CD. Yeah. And then she helps and saves him by macing the cop, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He takes her and basically forces her to live with him for a year. Or that's the expectation at that point, which we right. understand why he does that. Otherwise, she would be killed. in grave danger yeah. right. or killed. But it's also like the thing where it's like, you are my prisoner, sort of. It's, it's again, it's not to keep pulling it back to Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's like a more justified high stakes version of that story where it's like it is for her safety. But there's. But he also gives her the easy. option. It's true. Like, yeah. He does. He and, says, and you can leave. Right. Which she, eventually she does. Yeah, and she yes. does. Um, 
I don't know. Their their relationship is something that it's just like there were some points where I was like, okay, I get it, and then other points where I was like, this does not bode well. I don't know. Right. Well, Wait, well, I was gonna say before we get into this, I was gonna bring up the plan the year in advance protest, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I just found it funny because when um, Rose McGowan did the women boycott Twitter thing, I yeah. was like, that's why it didn't work because the bitch didn't plan the shit out. Right. Like mm-hmm. a good protest or a good boycott, you need to let everybody know. Mm-hmm. You need to like set a date. You need to all agree <laughs> right. that it's happening. There needs to be some buildup so that there are some consequences that are severe. Because mm-hmm. um, wasn't that like a next day? I found out in the middle of when it was supposed to be happening. That's why I it was, was like, so stupid. Damn. I mean, it was. I was like, listen, bitch, if you would have planned this like next week, I'm getting off Twitter yeah. for a week. Then we could have all had that discussion. Women of color could have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and, you know, we could have had those arguments with each other. There's discussions with each other. Um, so I, I, I love that he's like, in a year, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a ride or die for this shit. <laughs> are you? I'm bunkering down till it happens. Yeah. Like, I love I love that. I, and I love that, you know, the timeline of, of the movie. It just, everybody's, you know, yeah. it's the fall. It's yeah. the winter, and it, whatever. It, and it, it builds well. Yeah. It builds very well. Yeah. So the next thing that happens is that she essentially tricks him into thinking that she wants to help. And whether or not she actually wants to help may be the case. But she sort of uses it as a way to try to escape, which is what happens. Where she's like, I want to help if there's anything I can do. He's like, actually, you can dress up as a sex worker and trick this. And this is one of those moments where it's like, ah, (laughs) surely there was another way to do that. that, But she, yeah. So she then goes to this bishop who's one of the people that V is targeting to kill. And then she's all like, help me. I need protection. I'm Evie Hammond. I'm a prisoner of this terrorist. The bishop doesn't believe her. He just proceeds with assaulting Trying to rape her. Yeah. (laughs) And then V comes in and kills him. I actually like that scene because I love that men are so perverted and fucked up that women can use their sexuality against them mm-hmm. because men are weak. Yeah. And I wish mm-hmm. that more women knew how to manipulate <laughs> that and into our favor, you yeah. know, which is why I like them working side by side to kind of take advantage of this man's weakness of, you know, wanting to fuck kids. Mm-hmm. And then they use it against him and then he it kills him. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Because I think sex workers should be looked at as heroes in our society because <laughs> they are doing the Lord's work because men are pieces of shit um, not all men hashtag whatever fuck off um, <laughs> but so many men are Aristotle's really nice everyone else Aristotle bad. he can stay he can stay everyone else <laughs> everyone go. else has to I just, I just think that sex workers are, are looked down upon and I love that they kind of flipped it on its head of like no they're going to use this against him that's and, true and it is his inevitable downfall and it's because men are weak I was feeling hard for for Evie in that scene because, like, for a large chunk of the movie and and towards the end, she's able to, you know, she has agency more in a way where she has more options. Mm -hmm. But for for a lot of the movie, it's very survival-based decisions that she has to make of, like, this is what I have to do to stay on this person's good side so that I can remain safe or this is what I have to do so I can remain alive or whatever. So, like, there's so much going on in that scene of, like, she has, I don't know if, I, do we, we don't see that discussion of, like, the plan of We don't her, see the discussion. Right, yeah. so we don't know whose idea it is or, like, or anything like that. Maybe that's in the book, I don't remember. But, like, we see her do that and it's like, okay, this was someone's idea. We don't know whose idea it was. It could have been Evie's idea. But then, you know, once she's in that interaction with the bishop, she's placed 
a fair amount of trust in his authority to help her out and get her free of someone she's not yet quite sure about. Mm -hmm. And then that backfires and he's a fucking lecherous, evil creep. Right. And then he's killed, rightfully so. But Mm -hmm. then now she's suddenly faced with this new dynamic of like now V knows that she doesn't really trust him. Right. And she just is like, I'm sorry. And like leaves. And it's like I just that whole scene was so stressful to watch. But it's just. Like, she's just making all these survival-based decisions of, like, okay, that happened now. What do I do to remain safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that scene is good because it's a reminder to people that they shouldn't trust people that are in power. Absolutely. Just because they're in power. That's why I like that scene. Because I like that she puts faith in the bishop. Because I think we all would think that would be the thing to do a in that moment. Yeah. To be sure. able to trust. Sure. Right. And then once she realizes that's a mistake, she runs because she's like, well, now who do I trust, you know? And exactly. I, and I, I do, to your point, I do like that she's always making these, like, last-minute decisions, but they keep kind of exposing who the real weak people are in our society, you Right. Know? Well, which is why it, like, kind of hits for me that she does end up trusting V by the... I mean, and there are other points that we'll get to, but it is sort of time and time again where she we see her testing everything she's been taught and that is unraveling and really the only consistent anything is v wanting to keep her safe Mm -hmm. well he's trying to make her strong i mean that's what she says and and that when she's first captured sure it's like i wish i was stronger i wish i wasn't so weak Mm. and you see his you know there's a shot of him where he kind of like cocks his head like oh you do do you you mm. want to be stronger I can make you stronger and a lot of can, head cock acting there's a lot of head cock acting <laughs> he had to what else did yeah. he do that's what's so funny that's about so that fun. movie is there's like these long monologues and it's just a mask and you're like am I really just watching a mask right now like <laughs> yeah. there's no emotion there's just, it's all in the voice it's so he's awkward it. but I do it. I like that he just he sees that and he almost like accepts the challenge of like bitch I will make you the strongest Yeah, I will make right. you as strong as I am and we are because at first you're like, okay, is she just saying that to get on his good side so that he'll trust him enough to for her to be able to leverage that into right. running away? Yeah. But then you also understand why she could very well want that because her sort of like main driving desire in this movie ends up being like, I do want to be stronger. I do want to be strong enough to rise up and, and tear down this regime, right, basically. Right. Well, and like learning about her background later right, on exactly. in the movie too, yeah, yeah, that's like what, what I'm her saying. parents did and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because like, her p- parents were political activists, and her brother was killed in the St. Mary's virus outbreak, which is one of the things that like the government unleashed on its own population right, right. to control its people. Compelling reasons for her to actually want that are established. So, right. I mean, yeah. I, think I think that was her journey in this movie is a lesson in impulsiveness because even after she saves him and spray paints Dominic. The next morning, she's like, I don't know why I did that. I can't believe I did that. I don't know why I did that. Like, mm-hmm. she's questioning the thing that she impulsively did, but it was the right thing to do, right? you know, um, for her to save him. But she's constantly doubting herself and questioning herself because she doesn't, she's not thinking things through all the way. Because mm-hmm. then he says, like, is that what you think or is yeah, that what exactly. they want you to And that's think. that whole journey for her throughout the whole movie until, you know, right. it gets to where it gets. Which right. is a compelling journey that we don't often see women go no. through in movies. No. Right. So... That's cool. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Is she's cool. not making decisions based on her feelings for him. She's making decisions based on what she thinks she wants or doesn't want or what's right or what's wrong for right. her. Mm-hmm. That's what she's doing. Right. And in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, I feel like she's, for so long, she is making a lot of instinctive survival-based right. instincts. And then by the end, she has more agency to the point where, like, V literally puts the agency in, in her hands yeah. of, like, 
you decide whether this happens yeah, or not. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you, the student is ready. Or right, whatever. right. And I, and I like that because by the end, she genuinely does have a choice. And we see for most of the movie her not really having much of a choice. True. W- but she, uh, what but she does have a choice. That's the thing. She always had a choice. It's just that she didn't always think things through. That's why I like her story. Right. Because she constantly had to make a decision. And sometimes it was on a whim. Right. You know? Right. And something that, I, again, just like watching it in this particular era right now is like there's a lot of fear-based decision-making right. too where I don't think, I mean, I don't remember specifically, but I don't think when I first saw this movie I could as closely identify with like, you know, it's like why would she have this job at the not BBC right. working for the people who are oppressing her and everyone she knows. But then, you know, when you have more of a real-life applicable way, it's like, oh, because she's afraid like look at all these people yeah, she's lost for these exactly. exact reasons mm-hmm. and it does take a lot of inner strength to be able to you know make a an anarchic <laughs> decision right so um okay so now we're leading up to the part where she goes to gordon dietrich's house gordon dietrich is a friend of hers and <laughs> who hosts like weird pratfall <laughs> british snl like benny hill style <laughs> satire show what a weird fun scene in the middle of that movie to watch that goofy goofy broadcast that gets him murdered yeah wild <sighs> Well, then that leads to what I find to be the most unsettling part of the movie is that she... So she goes to Gordon Dietrich's house. She's under his care and protection for a while. Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. Yes. He makes that episode. Which is crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was cool that he was, like, defiant. He's like, yeah, we threw out the censor-proof script, shot this one. It gets him killed. Well, the Quran gets him killed. He gets him black-bagged by Creedy, and then... Yeah, they they find a Quran in his house, and that gets yeah. executed. And we also know he is one of, I believe, two queer characters whose stories we hear right. reference in this movie, yeah. too. Yeah, that's the other thing. This is one of the first movies that we've discussed on this podcast where there's a prominent character in the movie who is queer. Yeah. Well, we two, kind two. of. Well, we yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Valerie, who we, yeah. who we meet a little later. So, uh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> so... Once Dietrich gets captured by Creedy, she has to flee again, yeah. and then she gets captured almost immediately, and we assume that it's also by Creedy's people. Right. She's in prison, she's locked in a cell, all of her hair gets shaven off. Baldest woman. Loftus The baldest woman rule. Yep. Baldest yeah. woman is in charge. The balder you get, the more empowered you get in movies, usually, <laughs> if you're... <laughs> it's the rule. Yes. Mm. Anyway, so... She gets captured. She's in prison. She's tortured. We think it's from Creedy and all of those guys. Mm-hmm. And in in this process of her being imprisoned, she loses her fear. She's like, you know what? I'm not going to be an informant. I'm not going to tell you where V is. You can fuck off and shoot me behind the chemical And she learns Valerie's shed. story right. while right. in prison. Right. right. Who we learn is a character that was in the cell next to V all those years ago when he was imprisoned and being used for these, like, biological experiments. Right. That's also another moment I bugged me because she was like, I'm writing this note on toilet paper, and I'm like, bitch, that's just regular paper. Right. Yeah. What well, was toilet paper in that world, like, where I, you can write on it? Parchment? I know. It's yeah. like, you're wiping your ass with really nice parchment? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those uh, moments oh, where she can use her, her oh, ID her, to get yeah. anywhere. I'm like, all right, that's... 
That's a stretch. But then I sort of like, then I was like, now I'm like, Evie, you're dumb because that's just a flaw in V's plan of he had <laughs> parchment and he's like, are you, did you really think that it, parchment is toilet paper and where did she get a pen? Not disgust. Mm, yeah. Nice pen. Great handwriting. <laughs> well, it was a pencil, right? Something. Yeah. yeah maybe she pencil. made one. Either way, that was a, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we all agree on that. <laughs> so once she is devoid of fear, she gets let free, and then she comes into the room, into literally and house. figuratively, she's set free. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then yeah, that scene where V was like, "It was me the whole time," <laughs> and it was like, um. Real high level gaslighting. <laughs> Way to Ooh. commit to gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's hard because it's like you can look at that one level of right. like, yeah, that's high level psychological abuse. On the other end, if we're looking at like the student teacher relationship in the direst of times, I don't know. I mean, right. I, 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 I am have... sort of left f- floating in the wind on that one because it worked. It, it did work. It worked, but did the surely there was a better way? Justify the means, but I mean, there's also there's something to be said about I mean, the government killed her whole family, Mm -hmm. and that is fucked up. And she didn't take it as the government doing it to her; she took it as just like, well, I guess I got to be scared, just Mm -hmm. like everybody else, right? So she didn't become stronger after that happened, even though I think she should have, right? Mm -hmm. And on the flip, V is like, no, I'm going to do this to you. To make you stronger because you are strong. Mm-hmm. And right. that's, I mean, like I said, you guys can throw anything you want at me and <laughs> make it work. But I mean, that's the thing is I, that going back to that, that quote of like, people shouldn't be scared of their governments or governments should be scared of our people. Because that's that. Yeah. It's the flip on that. You know, it's it's him kind of exposing like, you, sh- you should have changed after your parents were murdered and your brother was murdered. But she got more scared. Right. And it right. shouldn't be because she, A, should know, like, you're going to die one day, so you should be strong no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of tortured her to be like, basically, if your government, because that's the illusion, right? The government is doing this to her. Right. And she finally can stand up to them. As yeah. before, she couldn't. And then, of course, to find out it's him, it's a, a total mind fuck for everybody. Right. And we do see her She has an appropriate reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 she was just like... Oh, good one. Like, that. Yeah. let's have sex <laughs> now. Crazy. You got right. me. <laughs> well, and this got me back to thinking about the other kind of popular examples of the captor re-educating the captive for whatever reason. And this is, again, like a movie where in most situations we see a captor holding someone hostage and changing their way of thinking, but usually pretty much for selfish reasons pretty much for like i want you to love me so i'm gonna keep you in a room until mm. you do right uh where this there it's far it's more complicated the greater than good. Yeah. like and personally i think that this movie and story would work for me if there wasn't a love story there is and that's fine too but like if this ended up being like the sort of like and this, these two characters just have like an inseparable very intense bond that works for me too but either way he's not holding her to make her fall in love with him. And I think that that's the most common male captor right. holding a woman. Mm-hmm. And so... It, a la Beauty and the Beast. A la right. Phantom? I Phantom of the Hour. Yeah. So it's a similar situation, but the end goal is very different where he's trying to, I guess, more or less cure her of her own fear. And so in that way, even though it looks similar, the end goal is not really selfish mm-hmm. and then and so it 
Well, you know, I mean, it is his hard. revolution that he's trying it's to his. start, so it is like a, a smidge selfish. But also, she has every reason to want to be a part of this revolution. Right. She's a good pick yeah. based on her She's past. A good, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's right. tricky. And I mean, when they, I mean, you see the world that they live in. Like, of course, you'd want to tear that down and not yeah. live in that regime. So, right. The stakes are high, and it does stand to reason why all these characters would want to dismantle this horrible government. So, And not to just say, like, hey, here's a thing that this movie could have done wrong but didn't. But there's, like, a lot of, I feel like, easy, bad writing things that could have been in here in terms of, like, maybe there's another guy that's very common in like these capture situations where there's a guy on the other side who's like fighting to try and find her and save her and she doesn't have that like Mm -hmm. she has whoever mumbly grumbly british police guy that she ends up with is but he's not trying to help her right Right. like there isn't anyone trying to save her really like in and you can even argue v's not really trying to save her as much as get her to where he thinks she needs to be. Well, where she wants to be. She says it. R- right. She right. says that. Right. But it, but it's tricky. In the, I mean, he is sneaky about of course how he goes you about it. You kind of have to. Right. You kind of have to. It's tricky. It's you tricky. can't just tell someone, it's, be stronger. Right. Be stronger. Yeah. Fight the government. It's, you know. You have to imprison them for a few weeks first. It's like, but do you have to? That's the question. <laughs> right. You That's don't, what you don't I have struggle to, like, with. You can. Like, where, was there another way? Maybe not. But, like... He just knew through his experience it worked for him. Right. Right. That was it. Like, that's all he has to go on. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Because in some ways, you do see him kind of sculpting her in his vision based on his own past. Right. And, again, it's like dire times. But, I mean, he knows how, like, painful and, you know, like, he is actively making that choice to cause someone he cares about pain. Mm -hmm. And that is something... That I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It's open to interpretation. Right. Yeah, because he, yeah. he says something like, um, you don't understand how hard that was for me to do, but every time I saw you resist, like, I knew I had to keep going. Like, she was, like, on the brink, and then he just had to push it a little bit further. It's a and little sadistic. She, yeah. It is, and it is very gaslighty, because he, I mean, that's the most elaborate gaslighting we've ever seen. <laughs> that was some high concepts. <laughs> Who's funding oh. him? Because he's playing all these different characters. He's got all these different costumes. He's yeah. changing his voice yeah. around. Who's donating to his Patreon? Right. <laughs> Everyone, is, apparently. Yeah. V is buying Domino's. He has all those masks. He has the resources to some... He said something like he clears the tracks and lays more of it. He lays yeah. subway tracks to... Ten years. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where is he getting his wealth? That's There's, what I want to know. That's another weird trope with this setup, though, of, like, the captor somehow has unlimited resources <laughs> they always live in a castle they live something some some like subterranean <laughs> palace and they're like i have a lot of money don't ask <laughs> it's gonna look nice the lighting is gonna be low it's gonna be nice mm. i have a tv but i also have candles evie's room is kind of a library she's surrounded by all those books and bell and beauty and the beast loved mm-hmm. the library there's mm-hmm. a lot of symmetry here you there's guys. a lot there's a lot <laughs> I was going to say, too, going back to um, you mentioned that you didn't like that there was like a romance storyline and you could have done without it. I could have taken it. Yeah, yeah. My civil rights lawyer friend, when I I was like, oh, I look, because I think I was had the book or I had the mask or something in my room and she saw it. And she's like, oh, do you like that movie? I was like, oh, I love that movie. I was like, you don't like as a political activist, like you don't like this movie. She was like, it's a good movie. She's like, except for him torturing her like for love. I have too much experience with that within civil rights organizers she's like the men are like that we're like mm. they torture you and torture you interesting and they're okay. really fucked like of course the men in in 
you know, activism are fucked up too, but she was like, there's too many parallels in my real life of Mm -hmm. like, you think that these men are like doing the right thing, but you know, when it comes to the women, they're not. So I, I, when she told me, and she told me this like a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I was like, I watched it differently a little bit with that in mind of like, damn, I, I didn't think about it as torturing for her love. Right. You know? And I, it's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's super interesting to hear. I mean, and unfortunate that those yeah. dynamics exist even in like the most noble of professions. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But there, uh, people are still people. People are still people. People will still be fucking up no mm-hmm. matter what their living is. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that adding in the love story, like, it isn't out of nowhere. It makes sense right. that, you know, like he is. At the end, even though he's representing this idea, he is a person. And that's, I feel like, what the opening and closing lines of this movie speak to, where she's like, it's basically the man behind it, like the individual right. affected You me. can't kiss an idea, an idea. Like, right. but you can kiss a man, and a man is who I miss. Right, yeah. which which I was I was like rolling my eyes a little bit. I don't know. I can. I have kissed an idea before. Yeah, <laughs> I've had I've, I've had people kiss me because I'm an idea to them. Ooh. So that's Ooh, what's been yes. that's what's been frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then and then when that wears off and you're like I'm a person, they're just like oh actually cannot. Yeah. Cannot. Exactly. If you're a person, I have to leave. And <laughs> yeah. it's like oh great, see you. Exactly. Oh, God, I'm going to have a seizure. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I did want to mention the Shawshank Redemption moment in this movie where she goes out into the rain and she puts her hands up oh, and yeah. she's like, ah, also, I'm s- free. Super silly 2005 CGI rain shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like <yeah>. a bloop. <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> it was super, super silly. That was a great sound effect. Bloop. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little Foley work bloop. in the middle. <laughs> but you see, you're like the vantage point of the rain yeah. falling on Natalie yeah, Portman's yeah. face. Sure, great. Love it. <laughs> and then he's standing there with his arms folded like, fuck yeah, it's raining. You know? <laughs> it's cool. Uh, the, the love story, it just, you know, like, you can you can draw the parallel to their very obvious age difference just based on their discussions of he's clearly significantly older than her, yeah. mm-hmm. and also like I don't know those were just like the parts of the movie that interested me the least. Where that scene where it's like I know that we have to as an audience have to be kept in like oh but he's also an individual. So that scene where you know you see the mask be thrown off and he's like. <laughs> Oh, oh he, no. pun- he punches the mirror, right? Very Phantom yeah. of the Opera. <laughs> Punching a mirror, peak Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would have enjoyed watching her fuck his burned dick. That would have been... T- <laughs> what was going like, on? I raw dogging that shit. Are you crazy? I was wondering <laughs> about... Some freak nasty shit. That's what yeah. I was waiting for uh-huh. the whole time. There's a few different scenes where I'm like, he's like wearing balls. a rope, like, like a robe where like in theory, if he had an erection, you'd probably be able to tell. Can we see that shot? We can't. We can't. I we really don't. wanted to see that burn meat. You know that burn. <laughs> <laughs> we should watch the, uh, the uncensored the, version. <laughs> oh my the god! The director's cut. Oh, also, this is uh, written by the god. Who are the major? The Wachowskis. Oh, the Wachowskis. And the last, the last fight scene was another one where I was like, Jesus Christ! Where there's a few Matrixy shots yeah, of yeah. like a fring, and you're just like, Man. okay, calm down. We get it. We saw the movie in 2005. That was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Mm. That, but you saw. In the nice. Matrix in '99, it's a little different, <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember I was in the theater. I think I saw this with JT, and we just like mm-hmm. looked at each other and we're like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen." <laughs> I dated a guy once. He, he goes, "What's your favorite movie?" I said, "V for Vendetta." 
And I said, what's your favorite movie? He said, The Matrix. And I was like, oh, I've never seen it. And he goes, well, just so you know, V for Vendetta is the woman version of The Matrix. And I, that's what, what he mean sh- by that. He's a fucking asshole. That's what he meant by that. Yeah. That's like, uh, d- d- in and no then, way, yeah. And then I just recently watched The Matrix for the first time, and I was like, what? That doesn't make, this doesn't make sense. What? No. I just dated an asshole like I always do. That does, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't check out at no, all. No, it doesn't check out at all. That doesn't and check I couldn't out. argue because I hadn't watched you it. You didn't know, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And it like, took me down a notch, and I was like, oh no, I'm just another girl. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, he's just another dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat. Well, <laughs> it... So if you're listening, uh, fuck right off. <laughs> you were dead wrong. Oh, no. He's our biggest fan. <laughs> oh, no. He's... Um, can we talk about some of the other female characters? Yeah. And by yeah. that, I mean there are very few. One of them is the coroner. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. I like her. She's a woman in STEM. <laughs> she is a woman in STEM. <laughs> and she's the only one of the people that V goes after who shows any sort of like compassion right. and regret and sorrow for what she did. All the other ones, and all receives, the other men. And receives the same in return, which I thought was yeah. nice, where she does not die the painful death that most yeah. people... She has to die, and, like, I get, like, she has to die, right. according to the plan. <laughs> but he kind of cuts her a break, where he's like, just so you know, you're basically dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, that didn't hurt at all. Thank, right. thank you so much. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Scene. I, I liked that. I thought that was, like, responsibly done. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Same. And then the other notable female character is Valerie. She's only ever met in flashbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's the person who is in the cell next to V whenever he was imprisoned in Lark Hill. We, yeah, we learn of her story. She mm. is a lesbian. She came out to her parents. They disowned her. She started a career as an actress. She met, like, the love of her life. And then it was around that time that the government started targeting LGBT people, Muslims, basically detaining them for just basically being Trump. who they are. Basically yeah. Trump. Right. And even prior to, to that being that high stakes of a situation, she was disowned by her own family. Yeah. And, and still was unapologetic about who she was, which mm-hmm. was, like, so cool and also heartbreaking to see the consequences of it. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Totally. But and those are, like, the two main female characters besides yeah. Evie, yeah? And then I was like, oh, why, why aren't there more women in this movie? And then I thought about it, and I was like, okay, well, most of the people in this movie are either government officials or law enforcement. Right. Right. Because that's what the story calls for. And none of those people would probably be women because yeah. this is a society where... They wouldn't hire women. Almost by they, design, yeah. yeah. There were certainly opportunities for more speaking female roles, at least. But then when we see those like long montages of like when V is on screen on TV, or even when people are watching Stephen Fry's goofy thing, mm-hmm. we see, I mean, there, there's women in homes, there's women in bars, they're, they're, they are... There's the little girl with the glasses. Yeah. Oh, so cute. I yeah. love her. <laughs> uh, so they are present in the society, they're just almost never in positions of power which makes sense with this which, it's kind of uh, normally that would yeah. bother us i think in a movie but in this movie that's just, integral to the story right yeah there's no ivanka trumps <laughs> the the two female characters that we see in detail at least who are not evie i feel like almost offer the two paths that evie could end up on mm-hmm. where it's like the woman who does end up getting pretty high up in government or in her field in medicine 
But with but, a past that's like, she was like, I thought about killing myself. She changed her name. She tried to flee the country. Yeah. Like, she was she scared. Guilty. Right. She was guilty. She was guilty, but in, then also scared, like you yeah. were saying. Like, she succumbed to the fear yeah. and then just stopped. I mean, that was the reason she continued to work. Because she was like, what else am I going to do? Right. They're going to kill me or I'm going to you know, have to live in, in anonymity. Right. Right. Um, and why, why would she do that? It's also like, of course, the women are compassionate. <laughs> Most, right. I would say most women are not not all women. Hashtag, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Betsy <laughs> women have You know what but, I mean? Like yeah. those women definitely exist when they're tempted with power, but I think more often than not, it's just it's not as common as it is with men in power. Sure. Yeah. It was it was cool to you know first see that this woman who rose very high in her field mm-hmm. but dies with regrets because right. she didn't stand up for the right thing, mm-hmm. and then Valerie who always stands up for the right thing and is punished and, and right. basically killed for it yeah yeah that's a great point yeah it's a great point i didn't thanks, think about gang. that you're so smart <laughs> thanks gang that's very nice i know but i mean and a moment of silence for jamie's <laughs> brilliance <laughs> but there that scene between v and i'm sorry what was the doctor's name oh the corner the uh, corner her name the is corner. Uh, uh she has a name though um delia surridge oh yeah delia mm. that moment between them seemed i mean and for v who's generally pretty violent towards people yeah. who fucked with him yes. it was like a n- good character moment for him too because you're just like what's that line where she's just like is it too late to say sorry and he's like no he can do she it she actually yeah. sings that song is it too late to apologize yeah. <laughs> is it too late now to say sorry <laughs> that's, what I, that's what goes through my head she just we're two like, very different people Caitlin mm, yeah. I don't, she just does a quick mashup and V's like cool here's a flower <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I I do like that she apologizes, and I do yeah. like that he is open to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think sh- people should be. Yeah, absolutely. You know? If you want, if you're trying to grow and contribute to the greater good of society, and I think he's like giving her a gift there too, where it's like you know she's g- dying with regret, but it's probably when you're dying with all that regret, useful to be able to at least express that to someone who you've wronged. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's also sweet that he's using her flowers. Yeah. He's like, I've been oh, growing yeah. your flowers. I love your flowers. I, I think your flowers are great. Yeah. I think that you were capable of being something better as a botanist. Also, her diary that she deliberately gets out and leaves behind mm-hmm. so that someone will find it and luckily it falls into the hands of... De- of she wanted V to the, have it. To, you but know, he leaves but it. He did, cause because he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the story. Um, mm-hmm. But then Finch gets a hold yeah. of it and then he... He's a party member. He's right under Sutler, but you can tell throughout the movie he's having, he's questioning all these things about the government. He's having my favorite movie, Doubt. He's having <laughs> some doubt. Shout out to Doubt. And then. This is honestly the worst podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So um, he gets a hold of it. He learns all this information that I think informs his yeah. doubt. And then by the end, he's totally on. I mean, he like holds a gun on Evie, but then he's like, yeah, you're right. We should yeah. go up this yeah. building. So right. like if I think it weren't for that, he wouldn't be so on the right side of the revolution. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like that he read it and was like, oh, shit, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. These fucking fo- these This government is fucked up. Like he's starting to see, like he works for the police, but, and I do like that because it is possible for people to have the right perspective in these situations if you're informed and if you have faith and believe. But yeah, it was, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that it changed his mind because yeah. he was always teetering. 
Right. You know, that's where the curiosity was coming from. He's right. like, this doesn't make sense. Why the fuck would this A, B, and C be leading to this? And and then he see, he starts getting these answers, and he's like, oh, man. And that's why him and, and Evie end up together, because right. she fucking fills him in, and he's like, oh, yeah. And she fucks <laughs> yeah. his dick. <laughs> but it's unburnt not burnt. dick. <laughs> so, like, what's the point? Right. I, that's what I always the say. dick ain't burnt. But he and then V have... ain't turned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Into it. Just, <laughs> for Vendetta shirt. <laughs> the dick ain't burnt. My pussy ain't turned. And then just a Guy Fox mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue hanging out. Like, all right. Oh, God. All right. Back he, on track. He and V have the same outlook on coincidence, though, yeah. where there yeah. is no such thing as coincidence, only the illusion mm-hmm. of coincidence. Yes. Which I love. Mm-hmm. That actually, going back to there are no coincidences, my dad's funeral being on November 5th after the fact, it opened my eyes because it wasn't until my dad passed away that I actually believed that. It wasn't mm. until he passed away that everything kind of led up to him passing away and my, li- my life made more sense, not just the, the future, but also the past. Mm-hmm. So then when I rewatched the movie, I was like, oh, fuck, it's true for me. And, I, and even though I didn't really believe that when I first watched the movie... It definitely changed. And then I was like, yeah, of course his funeral is on November 5th because there are no coincidences. Mm. So for me, it it definitely rang true, like even more so now than it did in the past. I think, and and that almost feels like a more, like, I don't know, like that seems like a more optimistic Mm -hmm. because to me, like saying that there is no coincidence just opens everything to chaos at all times. There's no order. Yeah. Where I feel like, yeah, whereas like V is this anarchist figure, but he also doesn't think that there's no, so there is some sort of greater something at work, right? Mm-hmm. which is nice and, and yeah. feels optimistic it's and romantic. Good. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a That's the hot. real romance. It's a little hot. I remember seeing the movie for the first time and seeing The Kiss, where she, when she kisses the first his mask, kiss, yeah. and I was like, what a weird choice for that to happen. And now I'm like, I get it. I get it, yeah. Now I understand love, you guys. <laughs> I don't like I, I, get it before. I don't need it, but I get it. But I get it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've kissed a lot of dudes who are dead inside, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like emotionally burned victims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it was like. <laughs> like I've done that. <sighs> yeah, I'm into emotional burn victims. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty chill. Uh I think that it's it's weird because there is like a lot of gendered stuff in this movie and a lot to talk about, but but it's almost overshadowed by the political nature of the story, right? And so it was like I don't know it, it was in, this was like a really interesting, challenging right. thing to watch. Similar to how like when we talked about Get Out, which yeah. is like not a movie that necessarily treats women well, but that's okay. Because what is the real focus of the movie? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a lot of complicated feelings about V for Vendetta because, you know, you can sort of boil things down to like he imprisons her, he tortures her, he gaslights her, da da da. But that's a little but, too simple, oversimplification. It is. Yeah. Right. So, it is a very interesting movie to discuss. So, Marcella, thank you for bringing it to us. Yeah. Oh, it's my, it's my pleasure. Let's discuss whether or not it passes the Bechtel test. Mm hmm. It uh, the, the it does does I, it? I was like it's sort of. There's one exchange where you're like, eh, so there's close. right. 
There is a scene where a woman whose name we don't ever find out, so that right away does not pass the Bechdel test, but she does talk to Evie. Uh, they're watching sort of the news coverage, the fabricated news coverage of the blowing up the, of the Bailey on TV. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you believe that load of bollocks? Also, there was no bloody demolition. I saw it. Did you see it? And Evie's like, no, last night I was like, she's like, oh, that's right. You went to see Daddy Dietrich. Do you like my British accent, you guys? I love it. So they talk about a man like after three lines and we don't know her name. So that does not pass. But then a woman comes in and she's like, Evie, there you are. You are still working for me, aren't you? Sorry, Patricia. So we know her name. And then Patricia says, I need two espressos and three coffees from downstairs. And Dietrich is ready for his tea. I I would so, say that's te- even though Dietrich comes in at the end, those first two lines where I thought I was gonna pass and I was looking forward to being like this is a fun one, but because I didn't remember, I thought that Evie may have written back to Valerie oh. and that would have been like where it wasn't a vocal exchange. So that was like that would have been cool, but she doesn't. Oh write back. yeah, no, she doesn't. Where's she gonna get parchment? Yeah, to wipe her ass with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's another scene right after that where two women talk again. Evie talks to the costume woman, and okay. she, she like brings in all those boxes that have the masks in oh, them. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And costume lady's like, what's all that? And Evie's like, not sure, they've just arrived, mock for stage three. And costume lady's like, must be Prothero. So again, she brings up a, a man, and then she's like, I wish someone had the balls to tell him this station ain't his playground. And then she opens a box, she's like, what's all this then? Very British. (laughs) Real quick question. Uh, Is Natalie Portman's accent bad or good? I think not very good. Not good, right? I don't know. There's, I I sort of kept forgetting, because there were points in the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, everyone in this movie is British, including Natalie Portman. I sort of forgot. Mm, Well, V's voice, too, kind of. There were certain points where I'm like, don't, aren't you supposed to have a thicker right. accent? Which is weird because he is British and it still sounds weird. He's just all over the place. Who's who? What's the name of the actor who plays V in this movie? He's like in Hugo the Lord of the Weezing. Rings movies. Yeah. yeah. He's also in The Matrix. Uh, he's a, he plays Agent Smith. He's yeah. a Wolkowski fave. Uh, so uh, whether or not the movie passes the Bechdel test, I guess for like a second, whenever Patricia comes in and she's like, you are still working for me, aren't you? And she says, Sorry. I want to give it to the I like technically I think it's a no but I want but just for the sake of I don't think that this movie is like bad for womankind mm-hmm. I want to give it a pass. I don't know. This isn't this isn't precise. Yeah, let's just say it does for a split second, which I think is accurate. Does the Bechdel right. test have a time? Some I think some variations of it say like it has to happen for this amount of time. I don't. Mm. But, but we just say technically it's two lines of dialogue okay. between two female characters with names, mm-hmm. which again is a very low bar, <laughs> right? And I think under that rule it passes, and it's the third line of dialogue where they start talking about a guy, right? Still yes. not great, but I'm going to oh, give I it want, a pass. I want to give it a pass. Yeah, I think I, we, like I think it. it's okay. I think it it legit passes under our rules. So right. there we go. You just get by, V for mm-hmm. Vendetta. Good going. So let's uh, rate the movie on our nipple scale, where we rate the movie on its portrayal of women <laughs> on a scale of zero to five nipples. We got some burnt nipples in the game <laughs> this time. Five crispy These nipples. nipples are very scorched. Um, I'm going to give it, ooh, this is real tough for me because yeah. I... I still don't really know how I feel about 
how he treats her by imprisoning her and gaslighting her and torturing her as a means to an end. I mean, free room and board would be nice. Mm. True, no rent a year? <laughs> Didn't think about that. He was that. cooking for her? <laughs> yeah. He was sweet to her. Did her roommate, first of all, if she has a roommate, did they just, like, get a subletter? Like, I think she, like she's coming back. It seemed like she lived in a studio. I feel like she lived yeah. alone. Oh, okay. That's what it felt like. Oh, God. I, ooh, is it, like, is it a, th- a three? It, it, I don't know. I have no idea how to rate this movie. I was going to say, like, a four? Three and a half. I was going to say three, three, and, three and, and a half. half. I don't know. I mean, ultimately, an arbitrary system. Right. <laughs> no, this is important. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> jump thing. I'll say three and a half. Okay. Tricky movie where we see a lot of women. We don't hear a lot of women. But that's also the exact nature of the government being portrayed in regards to women. It's mm-hmm. tricky. I think that in Evie, we have like a really awesome, challenging, thoughtful... I mean, the few women that are in are all have depth. Right, mm-hmm. right. And they're all given, I think, like a fair amount of thought by the story. And their past and thoughts have action and, and implications on the story. And I mean, I think we have three very strong female characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and two strong gay characters. True, yeah. Very white movie. Yeah. Extremely white, like that last scene where everyone's taking off their masks and it's white people. It's just like, Ugh. I'm that's old. That's every movie. That's especially yeah. up until 2005. Yeah, you know what I mean, but can the same apply when we were like, oh, women wouldn't be in positions of? I feel like a country like this under this sort of regime would have tried to push out people of color. Absolutely, so I mean, they say it. Like right. Muslims yeah. are getting pushed out. Uh huh. So, right. I mean, that's what I mean, and that, I think that's part of why, like. That was the thing when I watched movies and television as I was growing up and as a teen, it was like I actively stopped watching things that were too white unless they made sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those movies where I was like, it makes sense. Yeah. And also the women were all very interesting. Right. They so. were. Yeah. I think I think that it's good. And, and I agree with what you're saying of like some of the stuff, some of the dynamics between V and Evie are not easy to watch and are subjective and, and challenging and I think will right. affect different people in different ways. Right. Yeah, because I mean, I can imagine, you know, if you've been in a really gaslighty, abusive relationship and you're watching that, that would be like, mm, ah. Very triggering, I would imagine. Sure. But in, in the story, I feel like it does justify itself. I don't know. I'll, I'll say three and a half. Uh, and, and I'll give my nippies, I'll give two scorched nippies <laughs> back to V. Rest in paradise, baby. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll give a nipple to Natalie. And then I'll give my, my last half nippy to Valerie. Great. She was cool. All right. I'm going to go with a three. And I'm surprised by this because I still love this movie. And I, and I, you know, I, like I said, I loved it some time ago to the point where I was like, I should get a tattoo about it. But <laughs> it's um, not too late. There's a tattoo parlor in our store. <laughs> <laughs> but rewatching it through this sort of new lens, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens to this female character. And it does feel like she doesn't have all that much agency, especially toward the beginning of the movie. And later on, she does to the extent where she's the one who literally pulls the trigger on the train that ends up blowing up the Houses of Parliament. Super satisfying to watch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, those, the music and the explosion. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> but um, at the same time, we do have a very complex female character who goes on uh, sort of this incredible arc that women are, often aren't afforded in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that was really cool to watch. So yeah, I'm going to stick with a three and my nipples belong to Dietrich, Stephen Fry, two of them. (laughs) Specifically in that scene in the movie. Uh, (laughs) So many like takes of him going, uh? What? <laughs> like, he does not have a huge part in that scene either, which is really funny. I'm sorry. Um, and then the, I'll give the other one to Finch, because I like his character arc as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. I guess I'd have to give a nipple to each woman. Okay. Natalie, so three? Yeah, so three. Yeah, Natalie. And the coroner. Valerie. Yeah, and the coroner. And the coroner. Yeah. I love that character name, the coroner. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Cool. Well, Marcel, thank you so much. Thanks for having for me. me. Yay. This, was a, this was like this was a tough one in in a good yeah. way. It yeah, was yeah, fun. yeah. What what discourse we've had here today? <laughs> Some good midday I discourse. I think it's a, I think it's an important movie, especially now. I encourage people to watch oh, yeah. it. Absolutely. Um, I think that not enough people have believed that their governments are corrupt as mm-hmm. deeply as they are, and that they can get worse. I mean, it's it's happening to us right now. Um, they've always been corrupt, but yeah, you know, this movie's kind of m- more relevant now than ever. It totally it's is. Age- it's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, for the United States, yes, it's it's interesting to watch, and and I also like that the United States gets a shout out in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, we didn't talk. Well, about yeah, that, where it, like the U.S. is having a civil they war. They call it yes, the Second Civil War. They call it the the former United States. Yeah. Like yeah, the this which country. was to me, I was like, oh my god, this is right now. <laughs> yeah. That was like oh. in that like newscast segment because because like when it came out I would have I would have been like oh that's silly mm-hmm. that's not possible and right. now I'm like no that's ha- it's it's on its way and it was still like W Bush era when this movie came yeah, out yeah where, like yeah. things but were we great. weren't we weren't divided like like right. we are now no. I mean that's why United We Stand was so popular because everybody was like oh, yeah that is true we should stand united now mm-hmm. it's like no division is in right yeah and the 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 like slogan of the UK in V for Vendetta is. Strength through unity, unity through faith. Either I way. Think. <laughs> a lot of, lot of buzzwords, no thought being encouraged. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alan Moore is somewhere right now just like like rubbing his hands together like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you got us. You got us good. You're right. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. Swimming in his not royalties. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> Uh, thank you so much again for Thanks being for here. Thanks for having me. Where I can people it. follow you online? At MarcellaComedy.com. That's all of my social media, Marcella2Ls. So hit me up. Holler at a bitch. Woo. Awesome. You can follow us at Bechtelcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Bechtelcast.com. Hey, we've got a Patreon. Yeah, donate to that. You can donate to that. Um, if you can. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes a month. And if you're like, actually, I can't commit to that right now, but I still want to help you out, you can throw a tip in our tip jar. If you go to bechtelcast.com slash support, you can just like throw us a couple bucks, whatever you want. So many options. So many so websites. great. What a time to be alive. What a time. Just kidding. We're living in the worst of times. <laughs> what a time to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to look forward to death. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Flatliners. Today is a good day to die. <laughs> yeah. Always got to send a shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.